When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Give each other $20, okay? Put it on Underhill. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, Timberwolves. <laughs> That'd be cool, man. I'd like to, to see that again. All right, Timberwolves. That'd be cool, man. <laughs> All right, like to, wait, to wait, 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 wait. Can we isolate the, the Tibbs laugh with the Spielman laugh? No. That's what I'd like to do. I mean, I can do this. All right, Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. The laughs. Which laugh is more insincere? All right, Timberwolves. <laughs> Spielman sounds more maniacal. It's absolutely Spielman. <laughs> I just spent 30 minutes telling you nothing at the podium. <laughs> no. Like I we said, might, we might trade up, down, we might trade sideways, but you're going to print it. Tibbs oh. is just uncomfortable with everyone around him happy. All right, Timberwolves. <laughs> he doesn't know how to react. J- Jimmy Butler specifically said last night, I knew it was weird because he came in the, the locker room after the game and smiled. And he said it was really bizarre. Yeah, he was smiling during the press conference. It was weird. Was it like when the Grinch's little you know, uh, like creeping smile that goes up by his temple? I got to be honest. He smiles during pressers more than than you would think. I don't think he smiles around the team much at all. He'll smile during press conferences. He smiles because because he walks in that damn room after every game and sits there and says, "Can I get you for a few more? Can I get you?" And he'll, I sure said. But I don't think he smiles around the team much. Well, maybe he should. They're a playoff team. This is what he said last night about the officiating of that ball game. I thought overall, you know, the game was officiated well, and it's not an easy game to officiate, uh, you know, because there is contact virtually on every play. And then you have to determine which ones are fouls and which ones are play-ons. So it uh, it wasn't an easy game. Now, I saw the fourth quarter and overtime. I saw a lot of contact, a yes. lot of people complaining, both sides complaining, obviously, and a whole lot of official uh, replay reviews going to New York. I saw you complaining about reviews. Yeah, uh, I absolutely was. The game was. They didn't un- bother me last night. Dave thought it was unwatchable. Did it bother they, you last night? rather have the calls be wrong. They didn't bother me last night. And, no. and, and in fact, that, that one that clearly went, went off the Denver player, he batted it out of bounds, yep. and they called it Denver ball initially. The reviews last night were, were worth it to me to get that one right, which they immediately did. The reviews last night, I saw you complaining, 
I was not bothered at all. I completely disagree, but that's fine. We can agree to disagree. But I, I really like a little, call. No, like not, a little no, game not, not in this country, not in this climate. Yeah. You guys must, somebody might, somebody must die here. So yeah. you go fight to the death. Well, Judd's, I mean, you don't have much time left. So I would say just <laughs> take that. it. How about that? 48 years old. All right, what's the question? What's the question? The question, I think you already answered it. It was going to be, do you agree with Tibbs? Was it a well-officiated game? Did anything bother you? Because, I mean, it was letting guys play as as much as you can let guys play in the fourth quarter overtime last night. I liked it. I liked it, and Tibbs is exactly right. That's a tough game to call. Physical. It's um, Jokic was trying his hardest to get Towns to take the, the fourth foul early in the second half. He didn't. Uh, but I thought that between the reviews and the non-calls, actually, for that game, they did a good job. Uh, didn't bother me. I, I, in general, I like it when if, if officials are going to lean one way or the other, lean toward just letting players play and decide. If any team had a gripe, I actually think it might have been the Nuggets. Think about how many times in the fourth quarter Denver went into the paint trying to draw a foul on, or even early in the third quarter when they knew Towns had three fouls. And maybe and Towns might have had four in the fourth quarter too. So they were, four, yeah. they were attacking the paint. Yep. And they were throwing. There was probably five or six times where they'd miss a layup or go in, get a shot blocked, and there was a lot of body contact, and they just weren't getting the calls. I think if that game were in Denver, because officials are humans too, and and you can kind of sense the emotion and the momentum of games, I think they would have gotten more calls in Denver in those situations. But I don't know. Was Denver wasn't even really complaining about it, right? It was just no. So it wound up it wound Both up working itself much. out, and ultimately the team that played the best, which I think is the Wolves. Won the game. Except no. Tibbs just yells. Just yells and yells and yells. But that's nothing new. Yes, he, Ooh, yes, he does. Do instant replay <laughs> reviews on fouls in the NBA since you guys don't mind it. Let's make it all perfectly fair and happy for everyone. Okay, well, you're saying if a ball if a ball goes out of bounds with like 10 seconds to go in a tie game that means playoffs, that you don't want that reviewed. I want no reviews. Do not be, I want zero right, reviews. Do not be confused. Questions today is serving as nothing more than the Harrigan agenda. No, it's not at all. That's what this is. I don't want reviews on on fouls in the NBA. I want uh, but I but I definitely right, want fouls don't matter. No big deal. Points and possession. They, no. I listen. Feel, I feel like Dave is being did antagonistic they not, today. Just quickly, did they not get a crucial call right? And it took them 2 seconds. Like no, two minutes, they but, absolutely did. But the Nuggets, the Nuggets player batted that ball out, out of bounds. It was clear that they made the wrong call. And they went and they corrected it. That to me, in that important of a game, is why video review exists. So they did a good job. That is why it exists. It also exists to slow oh, anyway. the game down, ruin the flow of the game, and annoy Harrigan me while I'm watching there. hoops. Hey, if it gets Dave on Twitter, then it must be. I've been on fire two nights in a row, man. I've been just firing them out. And I saw uh, someone responded to your uh, to your tweet about reviews, and like you got a couple people that were up in your mix, trend, disagreeing with you too. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to our life. Every night when we tweet sports things, you, you see what I did though. I didn't antagonize. I said, said agree to disagree. By the way, the Tom Kelly smoking the heater, uh, uh, feeding the pitching machine. Nice avatar. Like what we're doing. I'm done here. See, my and interactions always turn into like them threatening to kill my whole family. So I don't. I might need to take a lesson from Dave. Just compliment their avatar and they will. Exactly. Just agree to disagree. We can all be happy together. Uh, (laughs) Minnesota Wild lose game one to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I mean, a game that I guess you'd probably have to say they were outplayed given they were doubled up in shots, out hit, the faceoff didn't go their way, puck possession, blah, blah, blah. It was their chance to steal a game. You guys have both predicted the Wild will still win the series, either in six or seven. It would be a long series, but you made the prediction they would win. So obviously they had to lose some to get the series to six or seven. 
you feel better, worse, or about the same regarding your prediction, considering they could not steal a game one but had the opportunity in the third They just need one game in Winnipeg. They can win the three at the X. They just need one game in Winnipeg, so... Sitting pretty still. You got three three home wins and then three chances left <laughs> to get that fourth win. Did you say sitting pretty? Guaranteed right where you want them. Right where you want them. Oh, boy. Right where you oh, want them. My em. young delusional friend. Yeah, it's okay. You can overreact to small hockey no, sample I'm not, sizes. I'm not Go ahead. Going, the floor is yours. I, pre- I, predicted, I predicted that they would win game one, so I don't feel as good. Do I feel it's hopeless? Absolutely not. But I predicted that they would go in. And by the way, the blueprint was there. Third, Early third period, Parisi scores. Gravelin, Parisi, goal! They score. I was all excited. I thought to myself, okay, two to one, you're up. And you're in, you know, you're not playing a great game. Good enough to win. Dubnik's playing well. So you lose that game. I don't feel as good. Wild fans, what did I tell you? It was close on the scoreboard, but not anywhere else. And I think I know why. The game was in Winnipeg. That is their ice. Should I feel bad, and I'm serious here, should I feel guilty at all that I'm looking forward to going home today and and watching the FSN uh, broadcast, and I'm sort of looking forward to to when the Jets score to make it 2-2 and 3-2 just to hear how how LaPanta sounds deflated? Does that make me a bad person? You're going to go home and re-watch the broadcast this afternoon? That's what you... Yeah, i got to go watch film. I've watched the highlights. I watched the entire first period. Oh, truth be told, I DVR, I DVR'd FSN and CNBC, and I might go back and forth. Yeah, I DVR'd the game on two different because I'm curious what the uh, Darren Pang said. Do you have the coaches nationally. tape, the all twelve? I wish there was coaches tape of of hockey. If NHL.com did that, like a uh, high view, I'd watch it. That'd be great. That's a really good idea, in fact. They should do that. In fact. Thanks. Okay. That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> I just didn't I, I just backhand compliment yes, him, didn't you did. I? The in in fact and actually actually, actually the that's compliment. a actually that's a smart thing to say, Dave. I'm sorry. I'd like to apologize. I take that back. That I was like a smart thing to say, Dave. Instant replay. Anyway, I feel bad because I'm looking forward to hearing the deflation of the big, FSN North. Big Thursday afternoon for Judd. Gonna go home. <laughs> Grind out some hockey film and... Uh, I'm going to the yard, too, tonight. Big afternoon. White Sox in town. Film. How are you going to fit in highly questionable and around the horn and PTI? <laughs> you, might have to, you might have to choose one of those shows. Yeah. DVR that for tomorrow, too. I feel well, like you're mocking me. Oh, I'm definitely mocking you. <laughs> can, we move on, 100%. can we move on to the next question, please? We absolutely can. I'm too old to care about what I you think. I love this topic. The quote is, we're going to make you the player that you should be. That from Cordero Patterson describing exactly what Bill Belichick told him when they first met. Patterson traded from the Raiders uh, to the Patriots for draft pick compensation. Patterson saying he was thrilled to be traded because, hey, Super Bowl homeboy. But the quote again, we're going to make you the player that you should be. Your thoughts. You know what? Questions. Ex- expanded questions. I love expanded we're gonna bring questions. In, we're going to bring in a guest question answerer to help answer that when we come back. Matthew Collar, who actually wrote about this two seasons ago, and people mocked him. Maggie predicted the trade? Well predicted done. the breakout of Cordell Patterson with smart coaching. Mackie and Judd now continue. The sooner the better. On 1500 ESPN. All right, we're gonna uh, we're gonna dive into uh, some more wild and wolves here later this hour. But Dave, fire that last question off again here, because Matthew Collar 
from 1500ASPN.com, Saturday Sports Talk, and the Purple Podcast is in the house. And he wrote a piece about this a couple years ago. Never mind that. After that talk about me on Twitter the last couple days, I'm inching towards 1,000 followers, boys. Two wow. more just jumped on board. Wow. Embrace the room, hate, fellas. Embrace wow. the hate, Dave. Let's embrace the hate. The followers no, will come. No, people love me. It's, no, it's at Dave underscore Harrigan, right? That's right. All right. At Dave underscore Harrigan. Give him a follow. Full of knowledge here. The quote from Cordero Patterson uh, in his first meeting with Bill Belichick after being traded from Oakland to New England this offseason for some draft pick conversation. Patterson says that Belichick told him in their first encounter, we're going to make you the player that you should be. Your thoughts. Now, if I remember correctly, I read that Belichick, when he interviews someone to be on his coaching staff in any capacity, he goes through the roster with them and asks that person about skill sets of every single player and how they should be used. Mm -hmm. That he's that detailed because he's a psychopath. So what I wrote about a while back, someone told me that Patterson thought that he should be like a hybrid running back. Like that was his opinion. Of himself. Of himself. That he should be touching the ball all the time. But he knew that he was kind of aware that the whole wide receiver thing wasn't exactly perfect for him. And he just wanted to run with the football. And Pat Shermer had this idea, and it worked for a little while, which was just using him in space with screen passes. They didn't run him enough, I thought, in 2016. But making him kind of a guy that lines up all over the place and just like a pure playmaker, which did work for the 2016 team and had worked a bit in the past. And when I watched Oakland last year, I saw them using him as a regular wide receiver. Yes. I thought, are you out of your gourd? Like, what are you thinking with trying to have him run a dig route 18 yards down the field? The guy's totally incapable. Which which, Which he's proven time and time again he can't do. Right. But he had the highest broken tackle rate of any wide receiver in the NFL in 2016 Mm -hmm. when they were throwing him a lot of short passes. And I understand where people are coming from when they say, well, could he really deal with the wear and tear of being a full-time running back? He's tall. He's got an upright running style. And this is kind of like when people talk about quarterback mechanics. And I kind of go, do you really know about quarterback mechanics? Or are you just saying something you heard somebody else say? For sure, yes. Because I think when I watch him take pitches and take reverses that he gets upfield so quickly he can shred tackles he's got great vision that i think that's how new england's going to use him they're going to use him sometimes in the run game and a lot of times in the short pass game and we're not talking about a 350 touch guy here like he's he wouldn't when people make that comment about running backs well he's an upright style and he's too tall and like that's someone thinking 325 handoffs like in the late 1990s and a bell cow who's going to be out there for all three downs he's not going to be your bell cow uh, ball carrier right he would be a guy that could get 100 handoffs or mm-hmm. pitches and a guy who could catch 40 or 50 passes and where's sports plus touches sports is going to what position Mul- mul- exactly yeah basketball so if you say to yourself all right cordero <laughs> You can't run a route to save your life, but Brady's really smart and really good. And instead of ha- having these set plays where, where you have to go 15 and a half yards downfield and do this, we're going to make things as simple as possible. Guess what he's going to be? Pretty damn good. Yes. And the Vikings, I've always contended. Shermer and Bradford just said, we got to use him. Because Nor- Norv basically said, I give up. And then Zim said, okay, if you're not going to use him, that's fine. 
And then Bradford started playing. And if if you recall, it was when Bradford started playing that Patterson resurfaced again. So if the Patriots are smart, which they are, you'll say to yourself, all right, let's come up with uh, 15 different potential ways that we we can use him. And we'll put that on us and then tell him, go do your thing. Yeah, I, I very much uh, got the sense that Bradford showed up and because he and Shermer are tight, looked at Cordero Patterson in practice and went, okay, <laughs> someone give him the sports ball and let him run with yes. it. Please, are we crazy? So they've had a guy in this role already in New England, and that's James White, yeah. who, if you look at his football reference page, he's a running back, but his receiving stats are listed first because that's kind of been more of his role is to come out of the backfield and catch the ball. And he had 60 catches two years ago when they won the Super Bowl and then 56 catches last year. I, I think that they're going to do it a lot the same way. And he only ran the ball a handful of times. This was a running back who only ran the ball 43 times. But if you run Cordero Patterson 50 times or 60 times next year and throw him 60 more passes, he's going to have a positive impact on your team. And it's not surprising to me at all that some of the older coaches who have succeeded for this long, Wade Phillips, Mike Zimmer, Bill Belichick, all of them have something in common. They adapt to their players' skills. Yes. Not the other way around. Yes. You, if Generally, if you try to do it the other way around, which is, that's been our knock on Tom Thibodeau, right? Now I need my guys from Chicago and my system and blah, blah, blah. Derek uh, Rose knows me. Yeah, it might it might work short term. It's not going to keep you around for 20 years like Bill Belichick. 651-646-8255. Uh, phone lines open the rest of the hour, by the way. 877-615-1500. Howard, what's up, man? First of all, if you put Cordero Patterson in the backfield, he's not going to get 60 carries. He'll fumble the ball five times and be out because he's being hit. There's a, lot, there's a big difference between going against defensive backs or guys covering kickoffs then middle linebackers and guys who are 330 pounds. He's got about as much chance being a successful running back as I do as closer for the Twins. And I have a torn rotator. I mean, Howard, I, I heard Norv the, Turner, Howard, Howard? I've heard about your knuckleball, Howard. Are I don't you know. Norv? No, you just watch the guy. The guy doesn't have good hands. He doesn't hold on to the ball well. And there's a difference between your, when you attack by a 220-pound guy and a 340-pound guy. He doesn't. He doesn't mind sh- shaking from a defensive back, but uh, some of those down linemen, he's going to think twice. Well, I would say it's possible that you might wind up being right, but the last chance for Cordell Patterson to be a top player in the NFL or a serviceable player is to try this route. Like, he's not going to well, get out there. He's, he's not going to line up and run routes like a number two receiver. He's never going to be a top player in the NFL. The, the last chance for him to be a functional player because the kickoff is dead Maybe this, but he's never going to be a great player. He's never going to be above average. I mean, I guess it really depends on what we're talking about here. I mean, Thanks, I don't think anybody thinks that Cordero Patterson is all of a sudden going to be one of the best players in the NFL. Yeah. It's about Belichick unlocking his potential as a playmaker. And, and, you know, when you look at his running, it's a small sample of 44 carries in his career. But imagine if he did something anywhere in the range of this next year for them. 44 carries, 10.3 yards per carry, and six touchdowns. I mean, yeah, throw him a pitch, flip him the ball. And when he was running screen passes and then making plays, that is matching him up against the secondary. That's why he had so many broken tackles in 2016. If you throw him a quick bubble screen and get him the ball, 
He's got to beat one guy by design. And he's got, over his whole career, he's got seven fumbles, and one of them was a turnover. Don't, I mean, I feel like Howard represents the, the majority of of the league itself, which is saying, ah, this guy can't do this or that. And, and we know he doesn't run routes well, but I feel like the Patriots are successful because they are, are willing to take chances, which are outside the box which to me in 2018 in sports is the smart thing to do. Yeah. Okay, so worst case, you know what? He fumbles twice. Guess what? He won't play. Belichick will lift him, and he, he won't play. Best case, it works. For sure. Um, we can also make some calls on Wolves and Wild, 651-646-8255. Joe, you're on the show. Matthew Collar hanging out with us. Guys, good morning. Great to talk to you. Thanks for good calling morning. in, man. Appreciate it. Hey, I got a question. Uh, when is uh, Carl Anthony Towns' rookie deal up? So, the, I, the, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe the Wolves can offer him a five-year max contract this offseason. This summer. If he, so he'll either accept it and become a max player uh, the year after. So he has one more year left on his rookie deal. If okay. he rejects the max contract, which I think would be ridiculous, like I don't know if a player has ever rejected a max contract off their rookie deal, uh, then he would become a restricted free agent the year after. So next year is the last year of his rookie deal. Okay. Well, the reason I was asking is because I think – I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I, I grew up obviously watching Garnett take us to the playoffs year for year for year. So this is a great thing that we made the playoffs again. Regardless of what happens against the Rockets, it's just great for our city and great for the Wolves, no doubt. The downside to me about this, though, is that I'm not a Thibodeau fan. And so everybody's going to just applaud Thibodeau. He got us back to the playoffs. And honestly, the reason I asked about Cat's contract situation is that I don't think Thibodeau is going to last three more years in this market. I know they signed him to some crazy deal gave him all this power. But he's going to burn out his players and burn us all out, just like he did in Chicago. And I was tying it to Cat because when it comes time for Cat to sign his new deal, that's when the Wolves are going to have to decide, do you want Cat or do you want Thibodeau, and make a decision then. And uh, I, I never was a fan of Thibodeau's hiring, unfortunately, and I said to be a Debbie Downer, but that's just how I feel. Yeah, Joe, thanks for the call. Um, I do think it's it's possible that Tom Thibodeau is the bridge coach to, like, if Obviously, he was good enough to bring in Jimmy Butler, uh, Taj Gibson as a front office guy and good enough to get them to the playoffs, and I've been critical of him too. Like Maybe they plateau with him and they need someone else to come in, like Steve Kerr replaced Mark Jackson. That might be a thing that happens. I feel like I am totally on an island in defense of Tom Thibodeau throughout the season. Um, my, My biggest point, I guess, would be when Jimmy Butler was in the lineup, they went 37 and 22, which is a 55 win pace. And they were one of the better offenses in the league without elite three point shooters. I mean, we want to shoot more three pointers, but who's shooting them? Like, I mean, well, that, so that's a roster that, construction thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. And, and, and this is, this is part of it where you have to try to separate like, okay, well the roster moves, I'm pretty happy with bringing Jimmy Butler here for a roster move. Maybe not so happy with bringing Derek Rose here for a roster move either, or not finding that guy who can really gun threes and come off the bench. The bench hasn't been very effective. Although I would say if they can figure out a way to make Andrew Wiggins a corner guy, who shoots the open three all the time, I bet he'd hit 42, 43% of those. Yeah, and by the way, so he hit like three of those last night. Huge and, threes last night. And this is where, I mean, like, I'm just the guy who always takes credit away from Wiggins, so I'll be that guy right now again. Jimmy Butler did such a great job yes, getting absolutely. Andrew Wiggins involved early in that game. I think Butler knew how important it was 
that Towns and Wiggins had not played in a game like that before. I'm going to get them going early. Wiggins, corner three, take it. Corner three, take it. Towns, go to work. Open here. And then second half, now they're in the game. Now they're comfortable. And yeah, Jimmy can kind of go to work on more. the things he wants to. Right. And he had to drive hard to draw in defense, to, to force the help there to get Wiggins wide open. I, I just think that looked to me like something that would work pretty consistently because it's not that Andrew can't shoot the basketball. It's that he makes horrendous decisions on where and when to shoot the basketball. But when he's wide open in the corner, he's going to hit a high percentage of those. I, I guess where I look at it as when we pull back a little bit from some of the minutia and especially the frustration when Jimmy was out at how bad the team was, we find a team that is really competitive with its best player in the lineup and that is up within the top scoring teams in the NBA and a roster that just really isn't built to shut people down on defense. When you have Carl Anthony Towns and Taj Gibson out there trying to shut down some of the best centers and big men in the league, they're just not fit to do that. Taj isn't big enough, and Carl certainly isn't tough enough or skilled enough on defense to do that. And the guy last night, my gosh, miss a shot, would you? What, Jokic? Jokic. Jokic well, in the did. second half the was end. absurd. He did. At the end. But the, in, in the dude, fourth that guy is a freak. But in the he, third quarter, he was great. If you think Towns is a seven-footer that ignores defense, you didn't see Jokic oh, play, man. Yeah. In the no, second that's half, true. He was, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But, man, he was making everything. The third and, quarter, he was crazy. Uh, the, the thing I'll, I'll say about Tibbs is this. Today is fun, and, and it's a great step. Uh, but removing all passion from this discussion Absolutely, just from an outsider standpoint now of of watching his teams play day after day after day. uh, You know, when when he got fired in Chicago, you thought to yourself, what are they doing? The Bulls are crazy here. I mean, this guy's had success. You now realize what happened there. And the other thing is, if this team can get to a championship caliber quickly with Tibbs, that's fantastic. But guys, there is no way that that this is long-term. Like, the way he coaches is not like... He reminds me of, of the hockey coaches of my youth, which is he's going to grind through guys as a coach very quickly. So if you can win a championship within four years, that's awesome. You're great. It's also going to be very difficult. Right, right. Yeah. And that's my point. But there is... But but without any prejudice at, at all towards or against Tibbs, I think what we've seen is this is going to be this is going to be a short-term thing. So this is another part of my Tibbs defense is that he's so hogtied by what the owner decided to do with Andrew Wiggins. Would he have instead if they said it's 100% your decision, Glenn Taylor, I'm not having anything to do with this. I'm not having that famous meeting where I ask him if he's going to try hard or anything like that. Would he have traded him? Would he have made a change to how this team looks because I feel like that's the one piece that is kind of holding them back from maybe being what they could potentially fully be. I don't think he would have. I think, and he's praised Andrew enough, even going back to his first year. I think he believes that there's a lot there to to. There's a lot of upside there still. So I don't. I don't think. Let's let's keep this conversation going. You want to just hang out with us for? Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Sure. We got full phone lines right now too, so we'll get to Chuck, Scott, Mike, Mark. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios hanging out with our friend Matthew Collar and uh, another couple segments left here. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. What are you trying to prove here anyway? I'm studying the effect of negative reinforcement. Mackey and Judd. The effect? I'll tell you what the effect is. It's pissing me off. On 1500 ESPN. All right, Timberwolves. Uh, 
<laughs> That'd be cool, man. I'd like to, to see that again. <laughs> All right, you know, Timberwolf. <laughs> they're, they're not tied together. <laughs> They're it's not tied funny. together at all. It's just funny. Insincere Judd and insincere Tibbs. A uh, couple nuggets here. We got Matthew Collar hanging out with us. Uh, Chuck, Scott, Mike, Mark, Andrew. We're going to get to you guys talking wolves or wild. Open phone lines here the rest of the show. Bovada has odds to win the championship. I'm just going to fly through this. The, the wolves are not the biggest underdog, believe it or not. Warriors, Rockets, Cavs, 7-5, to 8-5, 13-2. Raptors at 17-2. Uh, I'd fade that. Sixers at 15 to 1, Thunder 25 to 1, Blazers 33 to 1, Jazz 45 to 1, Spurs 60 to 1, Celtics at 70 to 1, Wolves at 90 to 1. And then you have 100 to 1 for the Pacers, Bucks, Pelicans and Wizards and the Heat at 125 to 1. Oh. So 90 90 to 1 are the odds for uh, the Wolves. And Dave had a nugget about Jokic. Nice pun. I have a nugget about Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Very oh, good. Yeah, sure. that's not. Uh it's been going around today. The greatest stat in the history of the NBA, as far as I'm concerned, he finished this season with more triple doubles than he had slam dunks. How many slam dunks did he have? Eight. And wow. triple doubles? Nine. Wow. Standing and reaching, he reaches nine feet three inches. <laughs> so does he just does he lay it in by choice? Or he does can't he can't jump? He doesn't even jump when he shoots and he makes everything. Yeah, Apparently sure. his vertical you know is an average like five inches, literally. So Which, you throw a phone a phone book down on the sidelines and he's Which brings he's us, like an elephant. He can't yeah. jump. And and that explains why the, the shot clock violation that amazed me that he didn't hit the damn rim. But that explains it. Yes. Because he he laid it. Over the rim, his teammate got the rebound and got and then hit iron after that, but the buzzer had gone. He's 20 feet tall it. and he can't dunk. Wow. That's actually pretty amazing. I really respect his lack of ability to jump. I mean, best old to, man game in the NBA, to, then, right? Right. <laughs> right. He's he's like the guy at the Y or whatever who's sixty three, and you're like, yeah, bring it, old man. And then he just cannon eighteen footers eight for ten. <laughs> that shot too that just arcs. It like goes to the ceiling of Target Center last night, and then starts coming down. Right. You're like, that's, that's not going to make that's it. That's his trick. Like he doesn't have to jump, but he shoots it straight up in the air, so it's, it's unblockable. It's so he's a weird. genius. Uh, we're taking your calls on <laughs> wolves breaking their. Streak of 14 years, no playoffs. Chuck, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Matthew Collar hanging out with us. Boys, I just want to tell you guys, first off, you're getting a lot of uh, listeners from God's country here in southern Minnesota. Uh, people are turning away from that evil uh, evil station down the aisle. I, uh, we all like you guys down here. Um, I just want to say a lot of my thunder was already stolen. I agree with Tibbs. I think he's going to wear out his welcome, but you know what? I'm going to enjoy it. But have you guys talked about how god-awful ugly those uniforms were last night? Okay. That's all I got. Say, Chuck, thanks for the call, man. Unpopular opinion. I love the Wolves' gray uniforms. There, love the Wolves' gray uniforms. There's nothing against them. There's a lot worse than that. Let, let, the greens are much worse. Oh, the highlighter uniforms, yes. Well, oh, so here, I, I was having this conversation with some people on Twitter because when I saw them, they wore them in L.A. first, right? Yes. yes. And I was like, so how are we feeling about these? And some people came back with, it looks like a jumpsuit. And I get that. If you get closer, it's kind of got some texture on it, but it can't really be seen from the upper view on TV. And where I was, I was in 300s last night or whatever, however they layer that. I was way up last night. You were on the helicopter but, pad actually, on top of Target yeah, Center. Yeah, if you saw my pictures, I, I mean, every place is great for watching basketball, so it was fun. But I, 
from up there, you can't see the little white marks or whatever that give it that cool texture. So I think that there is something to it if you like them, but I, I'm kind of mad. Nothing is worse than the black uniforms with sleeves built in. Like, if oh, you're, yeah. Oh, yeah. like oh, sleeves should be a yeah. choice, albeit a poor choice, but if sleeve, sleeves should not be mandatory on a basketball uniform. I think sorry. Of, of all the uh, combinations that the Wolves have introduced this year, the highlighter ones are bad, but besides that, nothing offends me. I'm not offended. I'm not disgusted by them. I'm mostly indifferent with most NBA uniforms now. The only time where I get upset... See, they've gotten rid of the ones that were really cool. Like, if the Nuggets had come back with the city and the the, the blue yes. and the yellow, I would have been like, yes, I'm rooting for the I Nuggets. What about those jazz <laughs> uniforms that were like, it's like a sunset oh, no, that, those are, that plays itself out across a seven-foot body? The desert jersey. No, those he are hated awesome. on those. I thought I they're, cool. they're cool. I love them. Where's the jazz scene in it Utah? It looks like they it's puked a on them and then went out and played basketball. They're, they're oh, man, honoring so. their desert, which is fine. Yeah. What I hate is everyone has to be dark blue. It's like, ah, do we all have to be dark blue all the time? How do we feel about Taj going with the white t-shirt uh, underneath the gray jersey last night? He's he's too tough for me to criticize. I mean, it's tight <laughs> sleeves, which is good, but he still looked like that guy in college from 1995. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, it is funny, like in the '90s when those the, it's it's always like and Butler players too. It's like '90s basketball players and anyone who plays for Butler right now with the baggy white T-shirt yes. under the, the jersey. It always depends on who you are because number 67, first of all, is like really guy, and then <laughs> and then the the sleeves. Both if I wore them is a complete joke. But you're like, well, you could really whoop my ass. Yeah, so, but, but Taj Gibson's like, a bad right. Ass. You are Who's... so tough, and you made the play of the game last night. So you know, it's cool. Scott, you're on the show. Hey guys, uh, calling in about a couple things for the Wolves. Um, first being, I know Tom Thibodeau is really tough to like listen to, and I would think he's tough to get coached by, but I honestly think we got to give him some more time. Um, we've made a hell of an improvement from last year to this year, obviously, because of the roster. Um, but with, if we had Butler longer and he wasn't injured, I think, honestly, we would have a 55, 56 wins like we were uh, hoping, hoping to hit. And uh, that's just my first point, and I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Um, second one is, isn't there a poison pill um, that can ultimately be uh, put against uh, Andrew Wiggins' new contract that can maybe get rid of that altogether so we can get maybe uh, – um, Are you saying give him an actual poison pill? Yeah. <laughs> not, not like cyanide or what? For his, co- <laughs> for his contract. So that we can eliminate his contract <laughs> and hopefully get uh, Butler a, a – uh, extension that will obviously be a max contract. Um, unfortunately, they can still the, do that, right? the, well, you can you can extend Butler and go over the cap yeah, uh, no matter what, Scott, but unfortunately okay. the answer is no. The Wiggins contract, thanks for the call. <laughs> it's not is, a poison shot. I think you no. can trade him to Seattle. The Seahawks. You just trade him to the Seahawks. Isn't that the poison pill, Steve Hutchinson? Yeah, the um, Nate Burleson and uh, Steve Hutchinson. Thing to, to his point, Jimmy in the lineup, that is also my defense of Tibbs. And I also just pulled up the numbers here. And I know these aren't the most advanced numbers that I've ever looked at. But when I when I see a team that is sixth in point scored, fourth in field goal percentage, they're 19th in three-point percentage, which is not a joke. It's basically middle of the league. And they have the fewest turnovers in the NBA. And I think... The coach can't be a complete dope if all of those things happen. Yeah. But but I, I, I don't want to, and I don't want to sit here and pile on tips because we do that all the time. I just think there's so much talent on offense that you're like you're you're not starting at 30th and then coaching your way up to fourth. You're with that talent, you're starting at 12th and then 
figure out if guys can grow from there and mesh together. See, I look at it as if you got to sixth in the league in scoring without Steph Curry or Klay Thompson, without guys who can just nail everything from anywhere from downtown, you must have been doing something right. And and I think what we saw last night was they didn't can a bunch of threes, but they hit enough of those sure. threes. Teague, of course, came through and Wiggins came through, but they saw this Serbian dude who's softer than Judd's stomach. And they were oh, like, you know what? We are going to the basket all the time. And they took advantage of that. I, I thought My, last night Tibbs did a great job at drawing up that game plan. And it's great that, that they made the playoffs here. My only point is this. You're going to have, if you have, have your eyes focused on a championship, it's going to have to happen fairly soon yeah. because this he is not a long-term guy. Well, Butler also might. It's possible that Butler with knee injuries and the minutes he plays, he's 29, but he might be going on 35. Uh, but then again, like Dwayne Wade had knee injury issues early in his career, and he's like Dwayne Wade was still playing at a high level at 35 years old. And your comparison to Mark Jackson, that that's where I totally can get on board with you because I, I remember thinking that Jackson was a pretty good coach and was getting quite a bit out of that team. And why but, would he get fired was the big question. Right, and then Steve Kerr completely flipped the NBA on its head with the help of a really progressive management. Mm-hmm. But I remember one of the ownership quotes or president of operations or whatever was, I can't have a coach who is hated by every single person in the building. Right. And if that is Tibbs' issue, then it does become an untenable situation for the long term. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the full lines here. 651-646-8255. Mike, what's going on? Wild Wolves, Twins, all kinds of stuff. Well, I got a couple station comments, quick comments first. And I'm on the tails of that other guy. Thanks for uh, providing an alternative since your guys' show started the crap, they dish up 9 to 12 on that other station. Well, is he just, are they just playing? They must be having an interesting set of uh, shows today on the other stations. We have podcasts all these as well. <laughs> and the, other, the other thing is I did do my yearly uh, – uh, survey of 12-year-old girls and Dave Harrigan's bumper music is still number one. <laughs> don't you dare love call it, it my bumper it. music. Harrigan's been picking that. <laughs> don't, for, no, yes. don't you do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Dave Harrigan's greatest hits. His iPod, full of those songs. <laughs> okay, I get paid zero for this on-the-balls uh, observation, and Chuck Fletcher gets paid millions for it. Yep. How in the world can you ever think you are going to ever sniff a Stanley Cup with this guy in goal, number one. And Long term, yeah. Do you think that at this point of time a year when this comes up, that when all of our so-called skill position players enter, start entering the offensive zone, they see the newly printed Stanley Cup playoff logo on the ice and – it's just all over. Just too much. <laughs> they just cycle back. <laughs> Mike, thank you for the call and for the kind words, man. Appreciate it. Uh, with uh, Devin Dubnik, he's a tough one for me because his regular season statistics since he joined the Wild are elite among goaltenders. But heading into last night, and I thought he was good last night, or at least well, uh, I yes. think the team got crushed and he, they lost 3-2. to two. But when they got outscoring chance 32-17 to 17 or something, you got beat pretty bad. But with uh, Dubnik, when you go seven and fifteen now in the playoffs, it just it becomes at some point it's not small sample anymore, and it's just you actually might not be good in the playoffs. But last night, last night is it's the Dubnik playoff game, right? He played really well and lost. Yeah. Dumble lost the puck. Liney is an elite sniper. He beat him. I can make a case that that was a really tough shot that in the playoffs has to be stopped. 
But you couldn't come back and say, well, hold on a second. He played well, and that's a tough shot. So so this is where, when it comes to Dubnik, it's, it's difficult because there's two sides here. And I can make the case that he's got to stop that shot no matter what. And you could come back and say, well, yeah, Judd, but he played well, and that's a really tough shot. What I look at with Dubnik is, do you ever get more than you expected out of him? And, and the answer in the playoffs has always been no. It's always, even last year. 925 save percentage against St. Louis. Like, okay, good job. That's a very good single series save percentage. But did we ever get that one or two games where you just said he is unbeatable? And even last night, L.A. lost, but they got outplayed badly, and Jonathan Quick was out of his face and just made great saves and kept them in the game. You just don't ever get that from this goal. Yeah, Devin Dubnik has the the Clayton Kershaw syndrome where it's like regular season, regular season, and the playoffs come around, and it's five innings, and he gives up a three-run bomb in the sixth inning to a Cardinals, like, you know, random first baseman. And so what would the comparison be for Jonathan Quick where he's fine in the regular season, but two or three times he's carried teams to a cup, he would be like... Um, I don't know, like a like a Robert Ory kind of a tough as nail, tough as nails guy playoff. I, Pet, guy, Andy yeah. Pettit actually would be a great yeah. example. What I would compare quick to would be a baseball player who, when they get hot, just hits eight home runs in a series or something like Carlos like a, Beltran, here, Ryan Howard, maybe. Here's the important thing. Wait, we have to break. Okay, tell us the important. I'll, I'll thing tell you the important thing when, we come back. when it comes to the construction of this hockey team. Okay, let's talk about uh, Luther Brookdale Toyota for just a second here. Six ninety four in Brooklyn Boulevard. You know, it's tough to believe it because there's still snow on the ground, and we're going to get more snow this weekend. But at some point, you're going to start going up to your cabin. You're going to want to prepare for road trips, summer weather. Uh, you're going to want to make sure your tires are in working order, your battery. So stop in corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and take advantage of the annual tire sale, the pre-summer tire sale. Buy any three, get the fourth one for just a dollar on any Toyota and make sure that you're uh, you're safe and sound and peace of mind for the roads once we eventually break through this crappy weather. Also, they'll uh, do a free battery inspection for you and they'll take care of you just like the folks in that service department have taken care of myself and my family going back three-plus decades. Uh, Stop in. Tell them Phil Mackey sent you. Say hi in that service department to Steve and Dwayne and Jeremy. They're sports fans. Uh, They become like family if you you give them a chance to. Also, the Luther Lounge, six workstations, cable TV, massive flat screens for all the sporting events you're going to be watching. Don't put off maintenance. Get into 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, Luther Brookdale, Toyota. Mackie and Judd now continue. It's going to be awesome. We can't wait. Mackie and Judd. Be ready. On 1500 ESPN. This portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by It's Just Lunch. Don't forget to save the day. The fourth annual Town Ball Classic returns to Target Field May 26th. Presented by 1500 ESPN and the Minnesota Twins. It'll start at 10 a.m. with Class C action. Class B hits the field at 1. Class A then at 4. All the games broadcast here on 1500 ESPN. Tickets are just 10 bucks. Good for the entire day of ball. Proceeds from this event benefit the Twins Community Fund. For more info and to purchase your tickets, head to 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Nice of Phil to join us for the last segment. Yeah, I mean, did anyone know that I was in the hallway until right now? You're, you're fine. Okay. You're great, fine. Great cool. song, Dave. Yeah, nice choice of songs. I don't know the song, but I think it was a great pick. So here here in our remaining time, Matthew Keller, from the TCL you all Broadcast so Studios, much. here is the, the not-so-dirty little secret about your National Hockey League team. The reality is this. They aren't really built for a playoff run. I mean, we could talk about, we could fixate on Doomnik, we can fixate if Suter was playing Matthew. 
They're not really built for a play. Look at the teams that make playoff runs. Look at the Nashvilles and think about those teams and go through mentally the best players on their roster. Think about why why we like the Ducks because Getzloff is a – you tell me. How many guys do you if, – if you were to do a postseason team, so if I was if I was your guy from ESPN.com and I said, Matthew, as your next freelance piece, sit down and give me a playoff. Give me two rosters of playoff teams. How many Minnesota Wild players would you be like, got to have him on my team? Well, one of them's hurt, Suter, and the other one is older and scored a lot of goals this year. Probably Eric Stahl, 42 goals would have to be on that list, but that might be just about it. I ranked for ESPN for an article I did. I ranked all the position groups, forwards, all the defensemen, and all the goalies. And the Wild were mid to bottom in all of those areas overall. And when you compare them to Winnipeg, if you just were ranking all the players in this series, Winnipeg has most of the top players. I mean, the fact that they have a 19-year-old who scored 44 goals, who's on their second line. Last night, I was looking at the matchups, and we talked about the coaching situation. Paul Maurice got his second line out against the Wild third line really often, and they just beat their faces in. It was 12 shot attempts to one shot attempt when it was the second line versus the wild third line. Did I see that the fourth line for the wild was the only line to outchance the opposing line that they were facing throughout the uh, the course of the game last night? Oh, yeah. They got entirely dominated. The shot counter, the scoring chances, yeah. everything across the board, and especially with that second line. And that's where Winnipeg really has two first lines because their second line center is Paul Stastny, who has been a first line center before in his career. And Patrick Lyon. Patrick Laine is basically Alex Ovechkin at 19 years old here. I mean, this is it, it, they just have more elite talent than the Wild are able to handle, especially with a key player out. Minute and a half left. Uh, Matthew Collar, tell us why uh, you are a huge WNBA fan, uh, more so than Judd and I are. Why is the WNBA draft going to be intriguing tonight? This is the best, deepest draft I think at least as long as I've been watching the WNBA, that there are eight, nine players who could all change franchises and be superstars. The number one player overall has a chance to be a generational player, Asia Wilson. And there are several players who could immediately become some of the most intriguing basketball players you've seen. Victoria Vivians from Mississippi State has been in the championship game a couple times. Diamond DeShields, Delino DeShields' daughter. Oh, really? Actually, yes. Diamond no, DeShields. Yes. Diamond DeShields no, is a great yeah. sports name. Yep. And, and a great tribute to yourself if you're a baseball player with the last name DeShields. Uh, she's Diamond DeShields. Delino DeShields was a great yes. player. I was a big fan of his. So I will be watching that tonight. Lexi Brown from Duke is another great player. Kelsey Mitchell from Ohio State. I mean, this. what I like about this draft is it takes the entire talent pool of the of the league and pushes it up. Yes. So this game is consistently getting better and better and better every year and this draft will really make the whole league more fun to watch. I see a lot of people wondering, oh, Lindsey Whalen, you know, that Minnesota coaching job is open. Saw the Star Tribune have something. She answered that question on our show on Monday. Go find the podcast if you uh, want to check it out. Collar, good stuff. Find him Saturdays and also on the Purple Podcast. And uh, Mark and Andrew, call back tomorrow. Wolves calls tomorrow. Sorry. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 
8 billion miles driven by Leaf owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.